0: Pandemonium Reigns. travels down to Tuscaloosa along with the boys of Pandemonium Reigns. And I have now titled this The Great Collapse. Falling short, 34 to 20. This is Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. He is Mike. Let me just say this before we begin. The feelings that you all feel regarding this. Feel them. Move on. Just, Just move on at this point. Feel them. Fill all the things. I'm not as upset as I um I guess as as I should be, just because I've been predicting this to be a loss for, for so long since the Chase McGrath field goal went through the upright. Um but here we are. I think the biggest thing that bothers me, and this is what I told you inside the stadium, Mike, was they gave me hope that they were going to do it. And it came crashing down faster than the day after Christmas.
1: Yeah, um, I was, I was, I think, clearly more optimistic about the game than you've been. Uh, You have been calling this a loss for a long time. I don't remember what I called this preseason, probably a loss, because it's just a lot to ask to go to Tuscaloosa and win. To win in Tuscaloosa before you win in Gainesville, as bad as Florida's been, considering as good as Alabama's been, uh, and you can't do either. You you really struggle on the road. You and I talked about this on Saturday. Uh, you've won at Vanderbilt, and you've won at Death Valley at uh, 11 a.m. local time, and you've really really struggled on the road since t- since the start of I'm going to say 2022 because you you won at Pitt. Yeah yeah, good job. That was uglier than we all thought it would be. You won it. You know LSU. You dominated LSU. Let's just keep let's keep that simple. You beat Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. You get demolished by South Carolina. You kind of get demolished in the first half against Florida. Let's call that what it is. Uh, you you show fight in the second half, and then you're you're up by two touchdowns against Alabama, at Alabama, and then you flatline.
0: Yeah, you flatline. You you mentioned the previous losses since we've been since we were named number one in the college football playoff rankings. We are now one and four on the road. The one win being Vanderbilt.
1: Yeah, that's that's unacceptably bad. I, I, yeah, you know, and look, I, I excluded Georgia there. Obviously, I forgot about that game for one. Try to forget about that game often. Didn't expect to win that game either. Didn't like being number one going into that game. Thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty horrible setup, is what I thought that was. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. You've got, you've basically got to do what you did in twenty twenty one. You've got to beat Kentucky and you've got to beat Missouri on the road now. For the sake of twenty twenty three, for the sake of goodwill, uh, you know, for the sake of this season. Look, 10 wins in a bowl game, still on the table. The East is all but sh- shut. It's it's all but gone. It, you know, there's really no reason to think about Atlanta. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of like you said about the game. Feel what you felt. Forget it. I agree with you on that. Atlanta's a pop dream at this point. You need a lot of chaos, and that's not something that Georgia and Kirby Smart's not going to give you the opportunity to do. Um, 10 wins in a bowl game, they're on the table. That means you handle your business against Missouri. You handle your business against Kentucky. You're better than Kentucky. Missouri's obviously much improved, and you've have you you can't you can't take a half or a quarter off like you've done on the road times two in 2023.
0: I agree with you. I actually had zero intention. I thought about this, but I had zero intention of of mentioning this. We're not talking enough about the old miss at Georgia game now. That one has turned into something way more significant in the past few weeks. Uh, I'm not saying that the rebels are going to pull it off, but I do believe that they can. It's it's way more viable and and possible since the schedule was released.
1: Yeah, uh, and and I would even go as mm, it's a it's ones a, one's a road game for Georgia. The others, I was going to say, I was going to go as far as to say Ole Miss is a tougher game, but they do have to travel to Newland Stadium, and we saw what Ole Miss did against Alabama, what they didn't do against Alabama. So they leave me a lot of lot of uh, pessimism in that game from their perspective. Sure, sure, Georgia's do a loss. Let's just put that as it is. And and now they're playing without their best player and one of yeah. the best players in the sport. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's some things that are possible for Georgia that weren't necessarily possible before. But yeah. those are also back to back games for Georgia. Losing to Ole Miss and losing to Tennessee would be earth shattering in in Athens. I mean, that would be sh- shocking for them to lose one. To lose both would be unreal. Um, but yeah, you know, all those things are what they are now. Um, Tennessee's still got a lot lots to play for. I mean, think about how big it would be, even if even if your tenth win comes in, in a bowl game, to win ten games, to have ten in the win column two years yeah, in a row.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I mean, absolutely. I think I told you in the car ride home the only uh there's a fine line to cross over into disappointment for me, and that's the simple difference between nine and three and eight and four.
1: Yeah yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I think to lose I think to lose to Kentucky would be a massive disappointment. They have shown massive issues. Sure they're going to be coming off a bye. Yada yada. Look, they're they're still extremely limited passing the ball is what they've proven, especially against tougher competition. Yeah. Um and and again, I'm going to say it, Tennessee has performed better than expected since the start of this era against the run. Run first teams, I don't really love it. As I knocked my iPad over, um, Mm -hmm. I don't really love it. Uh, Obviously, Jace McClellan had a better day than we probably all anticipated that he would. He kind of had his breakout performance of the 23 season, not something that we all had on our mingo cards, but did happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So you got to contain Ray Davis from doing the same behind really a similar, probably less talented, still offensive line at Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jalen Milrow is – far better than, than Devin Leary in my mind right now, at least how he's playing in 2023. Um, so you, you just got to go execute. And, and again, to, I'm, I'm with you. Eight and, eight and four would be a bit of a disappointment, especially if it comes with a Kentucky loss up there um, because of how they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. But you, you go nine and three, and you know I'm good with you.
0: Yeah. One more thing on this whole schedule deal. I told you also in the car on on the way home sitting in traffic. Yeah. I think what bothers me also about this is 1 and 2 against Florida, 1 and 2 against Bama, staring at 0 and 3 against Georgia. Uh, although we are trending up with Hypel, there's some serious frustrations and, and and that's just one of them. Uh I I'm trying to reverse the years in my mind, 22 and 23, as as if twenty twenty-three is year two. Yeah. And playing out twenty twenty two as year three, if that makes sense. Um the I think what Tennessee fans are struggling with the most is we just came off a ten and three season and we shouldn't be looking like this, but I think it shows us the value and and what we had in Hendon Hooker and in Jalen Hyatt. Um and, and names like that. Um, nonetheless, there were there were positive things from Saturday. Uh, we were trying to find you know the lines and in, in, in the car on the way home. <laughs> One being James Pierce hits sack number seven on the yeah. season. That that that's that's a positive sign. Joe Milton, as you mentioned several times, had his best day in a Tennessee jersey, uh, not against opponent Clemson. Uh, so some positive there. Let's 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 talk about Joe for a second. Twenty eight for forty one, yeah. two seventy one, two scores, no picks. I don't believe there was ever a ball that was put in the air that we're going. Oh my gosh, lucky that wasn't picked off or, or anything like that. Um, actually, I think one of his best throws, just because it's Joe Milton, was his touchdown pass to McCallan Castles. Agreed. The touch that went on that ball to go over the defender's head uh and and, and drop it into the hands of castle.
1: Totally and, agreed.
0: Yeah. Sorry. And no, you're good. And I wanted to say obviously what everybody, every other Tennessee fan is thinking, what a ball and what a catch from Milton to squirrel wide on that 39 yard score. Yes. Yep, I believe. Yeah. Uh Uber impressive. Um was not was not Joe Milton's fault that we lost this game, as I think that you so eloquently, eloquently said um post-game as we were exercising all the demons and getting out all of the emotions. Uh, Best game as a Tennessee volunteer thus far. Can't blame Joe for a Jacob Warren dropped touchdown pass. Can't blame Joe for, you know, some of the fourth down play calls that were provided to him. Uh, Can't blame Joe for the lack of pressure from the defensive front. You know, on our end, can't blame Joe for Tamari McDonald falling down and allowing for a wide open bomb to Isaiah Bond or whoever it was for that score to open third quarter. Joe played exceptionally well. My my problem with Joe Milton in this scenario, excuse me, in this context is where's that been? Where's that been? Why why all of a sudden can we throw but we can't run when the whole season we've been we can run but we can't throw? That's my frustration.
1: Yeah. Um and I think that there is – and I'm going to have to go back and watch this game. I'm not ready to at this point. Um, I, I think that – I think play calling is a massive thing in this game. We, we've we just not seen them come out and be content. You know, think of the way that Tennessee worked down the field on their route to the first 20 points. Well, no, on their route to their 20 points. Working the field, working the sidelines, working the sticks. Yeah. The, long, the longest pass probably being – uh, the touchdown to Spurlock that you mentioned, just a brilliantly executed play. Uh, I do believe Chaz Nemerov was going to be a touchdown over the middle if Joe had seen it. Slash, had he gone that route? Uh, mm-hmm. There was a pass to, and it's so stupid. Ramel Keaton bringing it down on a jump ball, but it was only like a thirty-yard pass. Uh, you know, they're not taking shots. That's not in. That's not in the the cards this season for whatever reason. Whatever reason doesn't make sense to me, but it's not in the cards. Whether it's how we're being defended, the route tree. The receivers that we have, I think, is a huge part of it that we didn't realize earlier in the season when they weren't there. I think mm-hmm. it's obvious that that's a huge part of it. Um, but, yeah, Joe absolutely played his best game. He's 28-41. That's 13 incompletions. He could have easily been under 10 incompletions with just three drops off the top of my head, Jacob Warren in the end zone, Ramel, and Dante Thornton dropping a ball. Uh, I don't think Thornton's was as crucial because it was – I think we ended up scoring on that drive. Um, anyhow, you know, play calling massive issue, Joe's decision-making when he's running, he was 15 for 59 running the ball and that's taking three sacks, I believe. Yes. Uh, You know, needless to say 15 for 59, he left about 10, maybe 15 out there just because he's so inconsistent on when he wants to drop the shoulder, when he wants to go North and South versus, you know, East and West Mm -hmm. there's, there's still inconsistencies there. I think we would have. Probably see a better Joe Milton this year if he had been, you know, playing against first and second teamers further along in his career. But obviously, he he wasn't going to beat out Hen and Hooker once once that job was taken. Played his best game. It's massively disappointing. The play calling to me outweighs the the, the penalties. Uh, I would probably say the opposite for Gainesville. I think the officiating was worse still in Gainesville, which is such a stretch. Mm. Uh, there's obviously holds that weren't called. Defensive Mm -hmm. holds and offensive line holds that weren't called in Alabama. Mm -hmm. You get what you get in in Tuscaloosa sometimes. Uh, The the fair catch thing still blows my mind. I've seen so many different, you know, theories about that. I just don't even – Let me interject right there because
0: it sounds like the rule, you can't advance it if you're the one that called fair catch. But if the other player does, um, (laughs) it's apparently irrelevant. If I am understanding this rule correctly – I've tried to look at it, tried to find something official on it. That's the way that I am interpreting that. Um, okay. Yeah. So take with that what you will.
1: Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I don't, you know, I didn't, I've heard that if anybody called it or if anybody had a motion above their head, that you couldn't advance the ball. Whatever, well, it wasn't, you know? the, the
0: motion wasn't above D's head for one. It was below his hips.
1: So I heard today that there was an up man that supposedly pointed out the ball, which is just, Zero level, zero IQ level football in general. If that's what an up man did, uh, n- needless to say, f- you know th- there was obvious, obviously an emphasis around the sport on this rule. Look at Iowa and Minnesota. Something yeah. happened from week seven, to week eight about this rule. That's clear. Um, but yeah, you know, play calling, executing, running the ball, r- forcing the run up the middle exclusively, uh, with the exception of Joe when he when he breaks away or when he's when he's running the ball. These are things that got you beat Saturday.
0: Yeah. It's not I, I want to talk for the on um, the officials just for a second. It's not the officials' fault that we kicked field goals instead of getting into the end zone. It's not the officials' fault. That
1: that, that that's there's only there's only one time and it and it's the first field goal, I believe, when Jacob Warren is just bear hugged
0: in the end zone. Bear hugged. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: uncatchable ball. But guess what? Jermaine Burton got that call on the sideline later on in the game. Again, neither here nor there. You trade out, you add Four points instead of three and make it 34 24. Tennessee lost by 10. You know what I mean? But yeah, there's, it's just minor things as the game goes along that happen every week because the sport is officiated so incredibly bad, as is the NFL, as is high school football. They add up, but it's not why you lost the game. You know, I'm not even, I'm not, it's again, I think it was worse in gainful than it was in Tuscaloosa. I'm still, I'm still with that. I I think I would, I would stand by that if I went back and rewatched this game today, uh, which again, I'm not going to get around to yet. But play con, man. I just I don't I don't understand what's what's so broken with it, and it's it's got some issues.
0: I want to I want to put a cap on the officiating real quick. It's stupid that we can offer NIL deals in seven figures for eighteen to twenty two year old kids, but our officials are part time in what is a multi million potentially billion dollar business. That is college football. You're really telling me we can't fit in the budget full time officials. I mean, this is just absolutely stupid. That is absolutely stupid. And the only reason I'm saying this is because they just have no accountability. What are they going to say? Fire me? Okay, Part time job anyway. Yep, Whatever. There's no accountability. And for the listeners that are not Tennessee fans. Yeah, we punched a dude in his helmet. And we didn't call it for it. That's a bad call. It's a missed call. You got to call that. You got to call the holds. You, you got to call the things. I'm not saying that it left points off the board for us. I'm not saying it's what the reason that we lost. I'm saying you got to get a hold of this crap. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff that 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 manifested on Saturday, it, it's just ludicrous. Both that, both ways, both ways, yep, both ways, both yeah. ways, both ways. So, um,
1: both ways.
0: Play calling. I don't have words. I don't okay. have words. So, go ahead, bud. Take it.
1: All right, here, here, Like, I don't, ha- I don't want to continue to because I, I'm, I'm at a loss with it as well. Yeah. Um, so, I don't want to just continue to sit here and be at a loss for words. What I will say is that, and you know, expectations still got to be fine-tuned. Uh, sometimes when you explode for 11 wins in year two, when you shouldn't have expectations, are going to be an issue. Because fans, fanatics, you know, get to break out your the sources. Uh, My issue: someone told me a while back, can't remember who it was. It was just a buddy, and told me that the defense and you know the time of possession, if you will, the the defensive issues that we've seen leading up to this year would be the Achilles' heel for for this staff, this era of ever reaching, you know, a natty, the major major things that that all programs strive for. If if things like 2023 continue, it'll be the play calling. It'll be the the stiffness. The you know I'm I'm look. This is a this is probably taking it too far, but the the process is infallible. Top things where we're just going to run the same old things yeah. with the incorrect personnel and expect it to work. It ain't I, working this year.
0: You you're making a reference to handing off to Dylan Sampson on fourth and short. I don't I don't I don't care if that was a. Um, if if Dylan Sampson took the snap and handed it to Joe, it was a halfback delay on fourth and short. It was a halfback delay. Why is he? Not, why is Joe Milton not under center and just trying to fall forward? I mean, the Eagles have given you something that's dang near unstoppable on tape. Mimic that. It's not hard. And if you don't get it, okay, you don't get it. That's that's one thing. It, it probably goes under review, you know. But your your probability for moving the chains on Joe Milton falling forward as opposed to a Dylan Sampson halfback delay on the A gap, which I'm not even sure it's the A gap because he was met in the backfield so quickly. So I, I don't get it. If go under center, show if you're go for it on fourth down. Say first scenario, QB sneak it, QB dive, whatever you want to call it, the tush push. I don't care what you call it. And then you get in that situation. Give me a give me a I about set a cowboy. Uh, a, what you would know as a boot. Um, you know uh, a, a, where the fullback slips uh, into the flats off of a, a play fake to to Jabari or Jalen, whoever. Uh, and you're even running it if there's grass, or you're, or you're looking for the dump. I, there's I do not understand those those decisions. I don't get it. I, I'm gonna stop.
1: Extremely, extremely unflexible. You're going to stick with what you've always done. And look, Tennessee improved drastically in short-yarded situations from 2021 to 2022. That offensive line included Jerome Carvin, who would never, ever get called for a mistake as far as a penalty. he He was often beating his assignment as his career progressed. Darnell Wright, top 10 pick. You had Cooper Mays all season long. You had veterans. You had dudes that were getting you the short yardage. You were also doing things funky like handing it to Princeton Fant, which there's not really a Princeton Fant in the tight end room. The biggest back that is in regulation right now or rotation right now is still Jabari Small. I mm-hmm. understand that. But what what I'm getting at is you got to change it up every once yeah. in a while. Go back to the short yardage situation when Florida got a free timeout and a free substitution in Gainesville. The play call was still atrocious. Don't yeah. – Care right now about the officiating gaff or, or, you know, what, se- what seems rigged with the way that it played out. I don't care about that. The play call was so bad, so stiff, so yeah. unwilling to change. Take a shot on fourth down before you run that crap out of shotgun again.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, I hate to say it, but the probability is there. I mean, I'm not doing that. I'm probably not even doing that on a it, video game, I'm, but
1: I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. But, but again, you've got a, you want to talk about analytics? Play the, the low odds. That's what they're going to be prepared for on defense, is the least likely thing to happen. Yeah. So yeah. don't run freaking halfback draws. And inc- I'm again, I'm going to stand by it. Incorrect personnel in that situation. And it was only one of the fourth and shorts that that Dylan Sampson was ran for. Um. You know, J- Dylan Sampson got four true carries in this game. Jabari Small got eight. Uh, Sampson got seven yards per carry on his. Uh, Jabari only managed uh, three on his, and Jalen Wright obviously wasn't as effective as he has been, not his fault. I'm going to go with Oh, there was, there. Go. there was nothing there.
0: There was nothing there.
1: Exactly. Offensive line execution. They were committed to stopping our backs. Jay, uh, Dylan Sampson also only got two receptions. That should never yeah. really happen to me. Uh, you know, he's got to touch the ball. Six touches is not enough. But if it's going to be in the formula that it was, uh, you know, on fourth and short, sure he did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I believe one of those was a little shovel pass.
1: Agreed, I agree. Yeah. Uh, he 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 managed nine yards on his two receptions. That's you know whatever.
0: And one of those was uh, swallowed, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, so yeah, eight yards well, on the one, one oh, okay. yard he, on the other.
0: So he yeah, so he he got a yard on the shovel pass. Is what, the, what yeah. that what that boils down to? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, And and you know to your point about the the tush push, how effective it's proving in the NFL right now. Hopple made a joke about it in his press conference today. I don't I don't love that. I don't love that. You need to – and, you know, he, he was joking about, well, where'd you hear that, that term or something like that. I don't care. Do it. Joe's huge. Your offensive line has issues when it comes to shotgun run and short yardage, as a lot of offensive lines do because it's stupid. Do something more likely to work, man.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'd I'd, I'd I would, The way that the run got swallowed, I'd, I'd much rather see an inside screen where you show a two-by-two set – and you got two options where the the inside receiver is on the block. The outside receiver comes in and and can hopefully find find the yard. Uh, he's basically running a straight line. The uh, pass should hit him on the hitting in stride. I would something like that. Speed option. I, halfback delay, man. That's what we showed him. Halfback delay. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit of arrogance in that, in that decision. Like, Hey, we run everybody watch us run on you. I, I don't that's know That's what
1: I'm getting at too. With the instant, you know, with how with how stiff it is, with how process driven it seems. And if he wants to call it, if, if he's calling that his version of analytics, I call it egotistical. Um, I don't care if it works for the rest of the season. It's still a bad call.
0: That's the stuff that got Mac Brown fired at Texas. That's all
1: exactly. I'll say. Exactly. You're hundred percent correct. I mean, on a much smaller, much less successful scale, I'm I'm, joke, I'm making the Butch Jones joke here. The process is infallible. It's not infallible. There's no. Yeah. There is no infallible process. There's no such thing. Look at Nick Saban and how different he is right now versus he, how he used to be.
0: Oh yeah, and how he's adapted with the with the evolution of the game. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um. I just want to go through a couple of the numbers here. Squirrel White, we obviously found him early and often. 10 catches, 111 yards. Where Mel Keaton, want to hang out here just for a second. Five for 71. Had a had an incredible catch and also added another drop. Um, Jalen Wright, I believe, caught every ball that was thrown his way. Seven for 44. A couple of those were swallowed up in the backfield. Jacob Warren left six off the board. Castles, uh, two catches, 12 yards and a touchdown. Caleb Webb. Had a catch, Dylan Sampson. Um, <laughs> I, sorry, I, I'm at a loss for this. Is poor podcasting? Um,
1: I've got no. I've got more. I've got more. Um,
0: there's the, well, here's what I was going to get at. What you don't see on here i i wish that we saw dante's dante thornton's name with his drop so we could we, it would be right there ever for black and white for everybody and so i could just go ahead and publicly say i'm out i'm out on dante thornton you've given me you excuse me you've given us nothing nothing
1: do you remember do you remember how in 2021 jalen Hyatt had some issues early in the season he, he was went he was targeted often early in the season he had some issues he also took a knock to the head against Pitt in the end zone yes. on, on one of Joe's better ball placements of, of that early season before he was replaced. Yes. Why hasn't Dante Thornton been written out of the game plan?
0: Oh, I I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, don't don't get me wrong. The only thing I'll say in his defense is is our drops are kind of just the – what feels like our DNA right now. But, yeah. I mean, Ramel's I mean, got a few – I mean, the, the, his catch, uh, what was that long ball, 30-yard long. 30, 30 yards. Yeah, uh, that one was was an impressive catch. Had, had a little bit of yak on some of his other catches. Um Thornton's nothing, man. You you have given us nothing. Absolutely and what nothing.
1: We, we also don't just throw it up to Ramel. You know, we throw it up to Squirrel. When when Joe takes a shot a risk, a 50-50 chance, he's yeah. throwing it up to Squirrel. He's not throwing it up to his big targets. Yeah. And Ramel can obviously go make the play. Thornton's yet to prove that he can. Uh Ramel's obviously also got some drops to his name. My yeah. issue that I was going to get at a moment ago when we were both at a loss for words again is, again, I mentioned it. I think Nimrod was breaking open for six on the touchdown to squirrel. Zero targets for Chaz Nimrod. Think about the tough catches that he made in traffic against Texas A&M.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: I think I think he's got a buttload of potential in his frame, in his speed that he does have. He's only a sophomore, a redshirt freshman. He's a young yeah. guy. I'm cool with Caleb Webb getting action. I really am because I think he's gonna be a star as well, or he can be. Yep. But Chaz Nimrod, to my to my knowledge, zero targets.
0: Uh yeah, I don't I don't think he had a target at all. I think I'm with you, man.
1: Put him on a slant on on third and fourth and short, man. Put him on a slant. He can catch it in traffic. He did it last week. I, I don't understand the personnel this year. Okay. I don't understand the understand the personnel choices uh across the field really. Um Really, I mean, seriously, from quarterback to safety, like all the way through and through, I don't get it a lot of times.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Hey, that actually is going to segue well because, you know, we've talked about the 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 rotation drama or lack thereof uh, at that position. I thought Jalen McColdell had a good day. He did.
1: Uh, you know, it, we're, we're probably too
0: hard on that guy a lot of times.
1: Um, I think he we you've said it before, he's solid. He's not going to be out of position. Usually he's not going to be out of position. Yep. Um he's usually going to slow down the ball carrier if he doesn't tackle the ball carrier. He got a pick in the end zone on a on a ball that hit Durane Burton in his noggin, uh, which I love to see. Um I think he I had a great day.
0: Wasn't Slaughter on that coverage?
1: He was, yeah. Slaughter yeah. was trailing just, you know, I it was it was honestly a good idea. It was a good good idea from Jalen Milrow to throw that ball because he had just a enough of a step to really make the catch. Uh but we haven't also we've also not mentioned however far along into this we are that the game kind of did change when Kamal hadn't got banged up. Now he, Mm -hmm. he, he got back into the game in moments. I don't know how, or, you know, what moments they were, but I I remember seeing him on the field in moments after his stinger, or the shot that he took, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the game really kind of changed when Kamal hadn't came out, when he, when he got banged up.
0: Yeah, no, and that's
1: just a further testament to the way that he's turned his
0: season around. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. That's, that's a great point. Um, Staying on the defensive side, you know, a couple tackles for loss. We already mentioned James Pierce. Joseph's got one himself. I think Omar Norman Lott got one. Talking about sacks, a couple, yep. T- couple TFLs. Amari Thomas got a TFL. Uh, Norman Lott got a TFL. Joseph's got a TFL. Um, the Here's what I want, want to say, and I think we need to start landing it. The narrative for both teams – coming into this is, is not what transpired or continued to uh, transpire, I guess. Uh, part of that was Jalen Milrow and and him being such a run threat. Uh, yes, nine for three, but that's going to take in his sacks because he had a mm-hmm. you know, 15-yard rush. Um, he made some pretty significant plays with his legs. Uh, for the most part, our defensive front was – Absent, yeah, they got held a couple times, but I mean that's two. I'm going to point out two holds. The other ones, I'm going to say you just didn't create pressure.
1: Sure. I would say I would say they were effective in the first half and borderline absent in the second half is what I would say. Yeah, yeah, because we've not seen quite as much, you know, with the exception of the first half against Florida, we've not seen quite as much ball carrier getting to the second and third level before. The you know the party comes down to take him to take him to the ground.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: just weren't as effective, and that's really really bad with how this offensive line for Alabama's played. That's yeah, th- not a good moment to to choke or to forget how to what you've been doing. You name it, I don't care. You yeah. know, it's not it's the worst moment possible to to have that game that you had.
0: No, ag- agreed, agreed. Um, I'll just m- say what I said at the beginning. It, it was just a great collapse. I mean. There you uh, go. Rocky flop has never been more. I mean, more appropriate. Flopped, man. I mean, twenty-seven unanswered is how that is how that transpired. Twenty-seven yep. unanswered. So, um, any closing thoughts on this?
1: How I don't know, man. I just I want to see adaptation. That's what good coaches do. I think it's evident that Tennessee is going to have to find ways to adapt next year offensively because i don't think you're just going to whip out 2022 with the receivers that you have forget about the quarterback position obviously nico should be good we will never know until we know at the rate we're going uh but there's got to be some adaptations here it's got to happen
0: yeah um we we'll lead a high school Bible study on Sunday mornings, and we do it verse by verse. We we'll just finish one book, get ready to hop into another one, and I tell them all, all the time: the most important thing when you read scripture is context. And every now and then, we'll, we'll run into a verse, and and they'll off the cuff they'll say, "We need more context." I'm going to apply that to this game. We need more context. I want to see us. I can't wait to see us against Kentucky. Are we are, same. we are we pissed off or or is Alabama gonna beat us twice? If Alabama yep. beats us twice, then I'm gonna have I'm gonna have serious questions about Hypo. I'm just telling you, I'm gonna have serious questions. Is is Hypo the guy? I'm gonna go that far. Is Hypo the guy? Um because good coaches, as you're saying, um they don't allow for they don't allow for this. They they bounce back well. Kirby did it, has done it, Saban has obviously done it. Uh, you know, Saban's got the whole M.O. on himself that he doesn't lose to the same team in back-to-back years. I mean, there's only a small pinch of pinch, – uh, pinch, that's not the word I'm looking for – small handful of guys that, that have done that. So, depending on how Kentucky unfolds or even begins, I guess I should say, is going to tell me more about how I feel about the third Saturday in October. That's a
1: beautifully said. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'll I'll, maybe we'll revisit it here at some point. I think it's worth doing.
0: That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, again, don't blame it on Joe. Don't blame it on the refs. Uh, Don't blame it on it being in Tuscaloosa, because as Mike has said so many, so many times that it's just an sec um, road game. I mean, that's really been the narrative, right? I mean, Florida, Bama, other games around the country, uh, I will say this, rooting for the Rebels. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: Rooting for the Rebels a lot here uh, going forward. Um, hoping they do well when they travel to Athens. Um, Tennessee, it's hard being a Tennessee fan. Gosh, it's hard being a fan. Hard being a fan. But to the Tennessee fans out there, keep your head up. It's not the end of the world. We've got two losses under our belt against Florida, Bad loss uh, against Alabama. Bad loss for different reasons. Um, this one's more about what what could have, should have happened. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, here we are. We're at five and two. Nine and three is still on the table. Your ceiling has been adjusted post this loss, um, but nine and three is still still very much on the table. And I would call that a successful season. You hit eight and four. Now we're talking disappointment. Uh, But nonetheless, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, We grew over the weekend. Uh, The channel did. It was neat. And uh, Mike and I sat in front of a couple of the Tennessee fans. And this guy says, man, you look, do you do social media? You look really familiar. Um, And um, I'm going to say he knows us from or knows me from pandemonium brains. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, so make sure you hit like and hit subscribe. Get us get us to 100 subscribers on YouTube. That's the goal. That's the goal. We're getting there. We're ticking there. Uh, follow us. Get us five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Uh, rate us. It does wonders for the algorithm. And stay positive. And let's go beat Kentucky. We love you guys. God bless. Go balls.
1: GBO.